Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. After Parkland follows the students who were tragically impacted by the shootings uh, that occurred at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in 2018 and the 17 people who were killed in this horrific act and how these students launched a nationwide student movement to change the way that we talk about gun violence and the way we act in response to gun violence. It's a remarkable film, remarkable documentary called After Parkland. And we're joined today by the co-directors of the film. That would be Emily Taguchi and Jake Lefferman. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for being here. There are a couple reasons why I'm so honored to have you with us today. Uh, One is the film itself and also that there will be a special screening of the film After Parkland coming up this Wednesday. Uh, February 12th, for a national rollout, essentially, of of the film. Uh, tell us a little bit about, I'll start with you, uh, Emily, tell us a little bit about what is happening on Wednesday. So this Wednesday, the 12th, um, at over 70 screenings around the country, um, we're calling it a day of conversation uh, where the film After Parkland will be screening. And we hope that um, we can contribute to reigniting a dialogue about gun violence and for there to be some time to think and talk about the very long ripple effects of a single act of violence like what happened in Parkland um, almost two years ago. Jake, is there a, a, a website where people can go to and for, to see if they're the screening in their area, in their, in their city? Is there a way for people to connect to that information? Uh, Yes, absolutely. If you go to afterparklandmovie.com, you can click on there to see um, if there is a theater near you. As Emily said, over 70 screens around the country um, in multiple states, um, and we're really thrilled to be part of this dialogue. Well, very good. So afterparklandmovie.com, and that's where you can find out more about reserving tickets, uh, where it's screening, how you're going to, and basically, and also, in addition to that, I know there are some ways in which you can channel your desire to affect change in this country, affect the way that we we view guns and gun violence in this country. So there's information about that as well. And and I can't imagine that won't be addressed at the different screenings around the country as well. So let me start with you, Emily. The the film itself is such an intimate look. And uh, one of the things that I really appreciated about After Parkland was how uh, this was about the students. It was about their um, this horrific event, how they dealt with it, how they and their families dealt with it, how the community dealt with it. But it's such a on-the-ground, intimate look at how this plays out. And um, this could only have come from a, a level of trust that the, these students had with you. Tell us a little bit about how you established this trust, and am I correct in my assessment of the film as well? So Jake and I were initially sent on assignment to Parkland. We're producers for Nightline and met a number of families and students who experienced um, the the tragedy there. We spoke to them without any expectation of being able to film and follow them over the long haul. 
Um, we try to be as careful as and as um, cognizant of what they were going through, looked for any signs of hesitation or any difficulties that they were going through, um, you know, made sure that whatever we were around, that their families were nearby, things like that, um, and to have conversations with them before we filmed a, a frame of footage so that they could get to know us as people and that we could really listen to their experience. The families and the students that you see in the film are the ones that, um, in the end, continue to open their doors to us. There were many more that we spoke to initially that, based on where they were in their process of um, dealing with their grief and trauma, decided not to continue participating. But the ones that did um, really courageously continue to invite us in despite going through some of the darkest moments possible. And we're always encouraged by something that um, Brooke Harrison, who was 14 at the time and was in the first classroom that came under attack, her father said to us very early on in the process that we were getting the poison out each time that we would visit. And there was something really powerful about that in hearing that we could play, you know, it, given the awful thing that the things that took place, that we were able to play some small role in being a positive, something positive in their lives. And you brought something up that uh, came to mind for me as I was watching the film, and uh, Jake, uh, ch- chime in, please, as well on this, in that sense that uh, this uh, attention to the impact you were having on their lives because this is that the the age-old question, right? Are you coming in to document what's happened in their lives and what's happening in their lives? Are you impacting their, essentially, their progress towards processing this and dealing with it and moving on? Or are you becoming something that isn't that in, in that process? So... For so and I, when you in your answer you you said it you know we, you were cogn- it sounds like you were very cognizant of that so uh, Emily or Jake it, it tell me how that how that plays out in your interactions with now also not just with the with the students but with the parents as well so that that had to be you had to factor all of those things in and I'm very curious just what was that like sort of I'm sure it was a situational thing but how was that in a, in in the way that you were approaching what you were doing. I think it was something we were always mindful of, of how, you know, how our presence was impacting um, the healing process afterwards. You know, Brooke went through something where she was so close to the violence. And for her especially, we were worried about re-traumatizing her with certain questions that we asked or asking her to um, explain things that she had seen. So it was comforting when her father, you know, told us it was like getting the poison out. And something that Brooke has said many times um, on public stages and to us about how important it has been for her to talk about the experience and how for her that is a form of healing. Um, And again, yeah, with the parents, it was how do you ask someone about the most difficult thing that's ever happened to them? Um, Andrew Pollack right off the beginning said, you know, the worst thing has already happened, so ask me anything. And he was really willing to go there and answer anything that we asked him. And Manuel and Patricia as well, really willing to go there and let us in um, and talk about really personal um, and really hard things. So 
were very appreciative, and I think all of their goal was always to spark a dialogue and, and see change happen um, after what happened. And so if our film can be a part of that, we'd be so grateful. The parents' involvement in the in the film, as you point out, a- Andrew Pollock opens the film exactly as you described it in this sort of, you know, raw emotional state. And he and he's I think he's coaching in some way, coaching you through the idea. Go ahead. You know, ask me the, qu- the difficult questions. Go ahead. You know, let's get this out there. Let's 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 make this happen and and and, and move forward. But, it, you know, for a parent, and not to in any way to diminish what happened to these children and how they're dealing with it, but the parent's number one job in life is to protect their children, right? And so for them to be also confronting yeah. the fact that this wasn't something they were able to do in this particular case, and in the case of Brooke, she's actually, dis- her mom is describing how the bullets were landing literally all around her and, and did not, you know, fortunately hit her, but... So, so it's that. That's another great part of this film. After Parkland is this collaboration between the parents and and the and their children, and going through that. Emily, is that is that an accurate assessment of what what was going on? Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I think it's a look at taking a look at not only just the students and the individuals, but how families come together, how the community came together and how they find footing in those days and weeks and months after. You know, I, I too am a parent, and this is absolutely the unthinkable, and yet it is um, happening at a frequency that's incredibly disturbing. I have always wondered, like, how do you get up that next day, and how do you find, the, find, how do you find the courage to move forward at all? Um, Manuel Oliver at one point said to me, you know, you get up and you fight for 24 hours and you do it again the next day. Even after the months that we spent filming and the months following in post-production and the months taking the film to festivals, I still don't know that I can fathom what they've been through. On our minor listeners, we're talking to the co-directors of the documentary film After Parkland. That's Emily Taguchi and Jake Lefferman, they are joining us today to talk about not only this film, this very powerful and emotional film, but also an event that's taking place this Wednesday uh, on not quite the anniversary of the shooting, but close. Uh, on Wednesday, February 12th, uh, there'll be screenings all around the country, and I would suggest you go to afterparklandmovie.com to find out where you can see this film and see it with people. I think this is another thing about the film. It is, as you mentioned, Emily, about community. It's about people coming together. And through the remarkable resiliency of these uh, young people to turn what had happened to them into something that was positive, it was forward-thinking, and also, in many ways, therapeutic for them to work through what happened and turn it into something of a movement, and we see all of this happen because of your intimate relationship with all of the people in the film, and we see how it blows up into this remarkable march on Washington and more than just that. So it's just such an emotional and very, very powerful film. So people see this in a theater, really, and, and come together and have conversations with your neighbors about it. How much did that surprise you as a filmmaker and also just as a citizen watching this thing blow up into the March for Life in, in Washington, D.C. and all around the country. Jake, what was that like? Because you're really there. You're watching it happen, this organic sort of 
uh, event occur. What was that like for you as a as a filmmaker, but also just to be witness to it? I think really early on, you know, we saw an insistence um, from the students and the families not to let their story fade and to continue reminding the country about what they'd went through so that it didn't have to happen somewhere else. And I think it was incredible to see that groundswell of support and how it continued to build all the way to D.C. Um, and, you know, for Emily and, and myself and the rest of our team being on the ground in Washington, um, just with those thousands of people, that mass of humanity, it was really powerful to see how that came out of these students' sheer will um, and their persistence. It's something, you know, Sam has talked about. High school students were the ones to do this because they know how to harness social media. They are not going to wait around and wait for adults to figure out the problems. Um, they're going to solve it themselves. Um, and so to see that was truly remarkable. Emily, any thoughts on uh, as a witness to history and the way that this kind of unfolded? It was an inspiring moment to see not only just the March for Our Lives on Washington, but even earlier how the students organized the school walkout that took place around the country. We saw it here in New York as well as in cities, in states um, across the country, red states, blue states, all of it. I think it's one thing to hear the chants, you know, right after what happened to for the kids to be saying never again, but another thing to be able to turn that and harness it into something very real and tangible that they kept it alive and kept reigniting a conversation, telling the country to wake up and not let this happen again. I think it's a very inspiring thing, and uh, I hope that it turns into um, continued participation and awareness. Well, I feel like what you said, I feel like the gun lobby, we're seeing the NRA literally crumble for a lot of reasons, but I think it's it, you can point to this event and the way that the, these these young people handled it and moved on and became a powerful force for positive change has a lot to do with what is happening to the gun lobby. It's still a political force to be reckoned with, but at the same time, we're seeing this side of the equation win some of these political fights. It, amazing. It's just amazing. I, I watch, watch the film and I'm just, it really is a, it's a, such an emotional experience and one that you just can't help but be moved by uh in the last minute i have with you um just any kind of an update how's andrew doing how's uh, um any of them are there are they continuing to do this are they going to be a part of what what's happening here on wednesday uh february 12th w a little bit of an update on on some of them it would help I think each of them um, is uh, continuing to take the fight on, on in their own ways. I think especially for the parents, this is something that they will wake up to every single day for the rest of their lives and will continue to find ways to spread their message. I th do think it's important to note that we ha really wanted to focus on bringing the human experience of a tragedy like this rather than um, the film being overtly with a political right. agenda. Right. Um, and that we hope that is, like I said, that it stirs conversation and um, engenders empathy on both sides. Jake, anything to add to that? Families have continued, you know, they've traveled the country with us to, um, to speak at festivals and in front of audiences, and I think it's something that they'll continue to do. And like Emily said, it's a film that we hope sparks a dialogue and brings people together um, to have difficult conversations. 
so that's our hope yeah absolutely it's it's wonderful I, I, again i can't imagine people watching this and not wanting to talk to the person in the lobby or on their way out to their car about what they just saw it's powerful very powerful film the film again is after parkland and we've been talking with the co-directors of the film and that would be emily taguchi and jake lefferman and to you moving forward with this film, but also in your continuing work, I, I, you have established quite a, you set a bar for yourself on this one. And uh, I look forward to you coming back, join us. So if you've got uh, another project you're working on, but uh, my congratulations to you on After Parkland. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.